my name is Danielle Nowak. I'm the Access Services Librarian at the Sterling Morton Library and a member of the Chicago Open Archives Planning Committee. We are here today to talk about past and future Chicago Open Archives participants. Today I am here with Sarah Chapman, the Executive Director of the Media Burn Archive. Hi Sarah, thank you for being here with us. Hi, thank you for having me. So to get us started off, why don't you tell us a little about yourself and what you do? Yeah, so Media Burn is an archive of documentary videos produced by artists, activists, and community groups. We've got about 8,000 videotapes, all video, no film, meaning that it's all um, very, very endangered and is quickly becoming inaccessible due to equipment obsolescence and it's just physically deteriorating. So what we do is we try to digitize it as quickly as possible and then we make it available online on our website, mediaburn.org. And then all sorts of people use it, students, teachers, researchers, community groups, you know, artists, you know, theater groups. And yeah, so that's sort of... That's us. All right. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> so as a past participant in the Chicago Open Archive, what was that experience like and how do you feel like it impacted your archive? It's a cool opportunity for us because we tend to serve audiences totally virtually, you know, which is different than I think most archives. So since our collection is digital, it reaches very, very wide audiences. We've gotten more than 18 million views of our content online. People are watching from every country on earth. But it also means that we don't directly interact with people very often who are viewing our stuff. And it also means that people don't really see our physical space, see the physical objects. So it's a cool opportunity to let people come in and see all that stuff, and especially to see all the old equipment and to just sort of directly show them like how to care for their own collections. It's very useful both for archivists who maybe don't have training in, in media or for just everyone who has collections. I think we all probably have you know media collections that we're trying to figure out what to do with of our own home movies. It's useful to get just a little primer on like what am I supposed to do with all of this. So we tend to like to show some tapes, demonstrate the equipment, talk a little bit about the history of media and, and video, um, the history of, of television, the different formats that have existed over the years and show different cameras and different tape formats. It's been fun for us to just directly meet people. You sort of never know who's going to come in. I think each year a different sort of interesting person has come in and it's just a good chance to, to talk. You mentioned that for your collection you have an audience from around the world essentially. For your event, who would you say was the audience? In the past so far, it's mainly been archivists and librarians. I'm hoping to that we reach, you know, anybody who's interested. Ideally, just the broader the audience, the better. Do you have anything planned for the upcoming Open Archive? Yeah, I think really it's just going to be a chance to sort of dig in and look at that equipment, watch some tapes with us, talk about them, and really sort of address any questions anyone has. I think some people are really interested in just like learning the equipment because they really want to understand like, how do I do this? And we can take the time to do that. Also just to like poke around and look at look at all the old tapes and stuff, just because normally we can't really accommodate people inside the archive on a normal day. So it's sort of just a chance to see that stuff that you can't normally see, I guess. All right. And do you have any advice for an institution or a person that's potentially interested in doing their own event? You know, just be open to whatever the people who show up, what they're interested in, because you're serving them. And I guess I, I would keep the schedule just a little bit open to just accommodate whatever those people want to talk about. I think different years, people have had different interests, and, and we've sort of just gone with whatever the group is sort of more interested in. For anyone that's not familiar with your collections, are there any specific collections that you would want to highlight? 
Yeah. So our collection is very tied to Chicago. It's not all Chicago, but we're very strong in a lot of Chicago subjects. One of my favorite collections is our Studs Turkle collection, about 300 hours of video with Studs. About half of that was produced for documentaries and other projects that Studs collaborated on with our founder, Tom Weinberg, including a few documentaries called It's a Living, one called Studs on the Soapbox. And the other half were donated by Studs himself, and they were sort of the tapes that he would get when, you know, like when he would go on a TV show, they'd give him a copy. And so it's all of those copies of his appearances on television and in films and stuff like that. So, I mean, I'm sure that the people at the Studs Circle Radio Archive feel the same way, but once you've spent like dozens and dozens and dozens of hours like watching studs like you feel like you you know the guy it's just a, it's a great opportunity to get to experience this person that you can't meet anymore we also this year got this great collection of footage from the film Howard's in you can't be neutral on a moving train so one thing we do is we try to collect camera original footage so when you make a documentary or, or a show of any kind you got the edited program and then you got all the footage that went into making it and most people don't want to just sit down and just like watch that unedited footage, but it also just has so many uses later on. Like in, in the Howard Zinn film, all of these amazing people are interviewed. You know, there's like Alice Walker, there's Studs, of course, there's Noam Chomsky. And any of those people are probably in the movie for like 60 seconds, right? Because that's like all you can really put in. But, you know, there's amazing stuff in the like two-hour interview with Alice Walker, you know, you're, that other people might dig into for other reasons that are unrelated to Howard Zinn, for example. There's also just a ton of footage just following Zinn, you know, giving lectures and blah, blah, blah. That footage is really exciting. We're just sort of finishing up preserving that material. Also got a great collection from Carol Marine, a local journalist I'm sure you guys are familiar with. Quite a lot of tapes, I think maybe 300 or something like that, of her work over many decades. And we're currently digitizing that and making it available. There's some just amazing investigative journalism which I'm, yeah, really excited about. Some of that's available online. It's all on MediaBurn.org. Are there any events on deck for MediaBurn? Anything we can look forward to? We are developing a couple cool events this year. They're not totally finalized, but we are working on doing an event sort of surrounding Logan Square history. We're working with Forgotten Chicago, and we're going to sort of try to bring out archival footage, archival photographs, and create an event that's sort of participatory. People can all sort of share their stories of how the neighborhood has, has changed where we are now. And it came out of because we found this wonderful film by Chuck Kleinhans, who was a filmmaker. He was a professor at Northwestern. He recently passed away, and his wife, Julia Lesage, sent us a lot of his, his films, which are amazing, and they're going to be highlighted on our site soon. But one of the films is like Logan Square at Night in 1975, and it's just like all this incredible stuff. It's just like all these guys in leisure suits like playing arcade games. It's just like these old stores, like all this stuff, like none of it is there anymore. And it is like so cool. And we just wanted to bring that into the community and just sort of like talk about it and think about it. So we're organizing some kind of event around it to be determined, but it'll be in October. Also starting up a series of installations, like projecting video on buildings, doing site-specific installations. Again, thinking about like what used to be here and sort of connecting with neighborhood history and, and really thinking about how neighborhoods change. Those are some cool things people can look forward to. I don't know specifically when they will be. All right, Sarah, thank you so much for being here with us today. Yeah, thank you. 
Thank you for listening to the Chicago Area Archivist COA podcast. We would like to thank Chicago Area Archivists, Chicago Open Archives Planning Committee, Engineer Allison Shine Holmes, and WFMT for their time and effort.